It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The season is over for BYU as they now turn their attention to recruiting and building towards the 2024 season. Yes, it feels weird to have it done in the month of November. We're talking about that. We're also talking about our position group debriefings coming out of the season, starting off with the quarterbacks on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app today, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first ticket purchase with our friends at Game Time. We'll tell you a little bit more about them as today's show progresses. All right, let's dive right in on today's podcast. And as we do on Mondays uh, during the football season, we have our film review Monday. Now, I rewatched the BYU-Oklahoma State game yesterday, and as I was sitting there watching it, I'm just kind of sitting there and thinking, you know what? Really, the schematics and breaking down of um, positions, uh, I guess what I'm seeing from each position group, isn't necessarily going to be, need to be crammed into one thing. So we're going to kind of spread it out here. But then I had a very interesting question posed to me by a listener. So let me start off with this. There were three overarching takeaways I took from my film review on Monday that I'll, I'll talk about here, and then we'll get to the question that was posed to me by one of our listeners. So first thing, uh, the offensive line, it feels like has finally come into its own and it's too little too late. It's kind of sad to say because BYU's O-line had multiple instances against Oklahoma State where they looked absolutely dominant. It was similar to what we saw against Oklahoma the week prior and even if you go back as far as Iowa State, there were moments BYU had their way with the Iowa State uh, defensive line. Why did it take so long for that offensive line to come into its own? We're going to have Connor Pay on for at least one more conversation at some point this week, and I'll be happy to pose that question to him because I want to get his thoughts on it because he's one of the guys right in the middle of it, and I thought he actually had a very, very good performance against Oklahoma State. But I thought the offensive line did its job in this game. Number two thing, BYU's uh, defensive line, I thought actually did a fairly decent job uh, against Oklahoma State. Now, slowing down Ollie Gordon is not an easy thing to do. He's the nation's leading rusher for a reason, and he made himself uh, just absolutely turn into a star in the second half of that game. Ends up rushing for five touchdowns, had 100 and I think it was 140 yards, 130 of it in the second half. Dominant performance by that young man. He deserves every accolade that is likely to be coming his way. But I actually thought BYU's defensive line, I thought did a fairly good job in that game. The linebacking core, though, for BYU, it was not quite as solid. I I thought Max Tooley was very good at linebacker, but the other bodies they put there at linebacker just weren't good enough. And obviously, when you give as many rushing yards in the second half and you allow Ollie Gordon to do what he does uh, in the tail end of that game, nobody's going to look that great and it it really really uh, is something that I'm like okay you got to obviously focus on upgrading the talent both on the D-line as well as the linebacking core because those are two of the bedrock components of what Jay Hill is trying to develop with BYU's defense. Now the third thing for me, BYU's going to miss Eddie Heckard. 
what I wouldn't give to have that guy be around BYU for at least one more year. He has had an absolutely incredible season. He's one of two players, if I'm not mistaken, outside of Kyle Van Noy in the recent past to have both an interception return for a touchdown as well as a fumble return for a touchdown uh, during one season for the BYU football program. Eddie Hecker was everything and then some the BYU hoped he could be in this defense. Was he perfect? No, nobody was perfect in this defense. But what he was is he proved himself capable of competing at a Power 5 level. Some of you might recall the conversation that I had with him. I think it was during spring ball. And I asked him, why did you ultimately opt against going to the NFL last year and decide to come to BYU? And the answer he said is the NFL talent evaluators told him, go play at a higher level and prove you can do this at a higher level, and then you will get even more attention from NFL scouts. I've got to say, I'm not an NFL talent evaluator, but I've really got to say Eddie Heckard, uh, tip of the cat to that young man. He was everything BYU could have hoped for and then some in his lone season as a Cougar. So I uh, wish, like I said, we had him around. And we'll talk more about BYU's cornerbacks as a whole because – I actually thought they were pretty good across the board. We'll talk about them in one of our position group debriefings uh, in one of our podcasts later this week. All right, so uh, with regards to the question that was asked uh, that came in, it came in via Tyler. Let me pull it up here. It was a DM that he sent me. So, Jake, I got a question for your next podcast. Will you be addressing what changes you think need to be made within the football program, speaking of BYU? And I'd be happy to, Tyler. So here we go. Uh, number one thing for me with BYU is you got to invest in this football program. And I, I, I'm a broken record on saying that. And I'm, by the way, I know there are a lot of you guys who watch and or listen to this podcast who have heard me go off on these diatribes before. You know what? Here we go again. you got to invest in this football program. And what I mean by investing is you are now making more money than ever in terms of the media rights deals. Even even though you're a half share right now in the Big 12 for BYU, even at that half share, you should be able to invest more in this football program. What I mean by investing is investing more money in your recruiting staff. When you have three full-time recruiting staff members and multiple G5 programs and including one in Logan at Utah State, have more full-time staff members running your recruiting operations. No wonder BYU struggles to bring in top-shelf talent. Uh, Alema Harrington was on the KSL Sports Zone last Friday saying he's got a good friend who's one of the, uh, he's got a really, really good football player in Southern California that's got BYU in his final five alongside Michigan and some other schools. He said the BYU has reached out to this kid exactly once, and that's what Alema's saying. Meanwhile, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan are just showing him all kinds of love. BYU needs to do so much better in the recruiting sphere. And that's part of the investment that BYU needs to make. You've got to invest in your recruiting department. If you're making this much money and you're bringing in more money than ever, how in the world are you not uh, making that money go further and obviously bringing in more people? There's my sincere hope that BYU will invest in this football program. Number two thing, you've got to get out on the recruiting trail. Jay Hill has a vision of what he wants to accomplish with BYU on defense. He's got to absolutely get some uh, quote-unquote dogs on that defense. Guys, Guys like Ben Bywater are dogs. The problem is there's far too little of those dog mentalities on that BYU defense than there was this year, last year, and the years before that. you got to find guys who want to just buy wholesale into what BYU is trying to do. I want to put their heart, body, soul, mind, whatever you want to say, on the line for the BYU football program. That goes across the entire uh, football program for BYU. Kalani Satake laid it out there in his post-game uh, media session with Hans Olsen and Gregor Bell. He's not going to try and convince guys to stay at BYU. And I understand why. Because he wants guys who love what BYU is. But he also acknowledges that the NIL is a part of the component here. There are guys who want to be at BYU, but they're being wooed by other programs who have got deeper pockets in the NIL sphere who are offering them untold amounts of cash. And it's very hard to ignore that. Any of us, and yours truly included, 
given a big money offer, would be hard-pressed to turn it down. That's something that BYU's got to combat here. That's another part of the thing. BYU needs to make sure that NIL is at the forefront of what they're trying to do. Now, BYU itself, the university itself, cannot uh, be part of the NIL sphere. It's supposed to be separate from the university. They can endorse an NIL, and they have endorsed that with the Royal Blue Collective, but they need to stop meddling in the NIL sphere. And what I mean by that is they need to push fans to contribute to NIL. Yes, I know you need corporate sponsorships. Yes, I know that fans are hard up for cash. All of us are. Inflation's running rampant. Anybody who tells you inflation's gone is lying straight to your face. Here's the thing. If you want your football program to be competitive at BYU, money talks. And NIL is a huge, huge component of this. I said this on the postcast edition of the show. If you have any means to do so, contribute to one of the NILs that are out there. The two that I would recommend the most because I trust the two are the Royal Blue Collective, like I said, who's the endorsed one by Brigham Young University, but also Coog Connect. Jake Brandon and his squad over at Coog Connect are trying to do things at the grassroots level, and i got to give them props. They have hung tough when other uh, NIL uh, collectives have come and fallen and kind of gotten just by the wayside for BYU. They have hung tough, and they've actually built something I think is here to last with Coog Connect. If you have means to do so, please donate. You don't need to be a big money booster. That's BYU needs those big money boosters. Let me make no if, and, or but about that. But the lay fan, what you can do to have a direct impact on BYU's fortunes on the football field, I'm telling you, NIL is where you can have that direct impact. Like I said, Money talks. Greenbacks talk. you got to have that money to be able to flash it at those young men. It's it's a sad truth of the matter is that uh, Brigham Young University and college football are part of, of professional sports now. It's just, it's, it is it it is what it is. So there is a lot that still needs to be improved for BYU. I do think that changes are going to be happening or will have happened by the time you guys listen and or watch this podcast. I am fully expecting at least two offensive assistants to be gone. Uh, Daryl Funk's name has been bandied about. It's not surprising. I think that he will move on. And then I think that you'll see at least one other offensive assistant uh, let go and or move on of their own volition, however BYU wants to term it. That will allow BYU to change some things up with regards to the assistants uh, under Aaron Roderick. I think Aaron Roderick's got at least earned a year reprieve as BYU's offensive coordinator, and he knows where he needs to improve. He needs to hit the transfer portal hard. He needs to bring in another quarterback. We'll talk about the quarterback's situation in whole here in just a moment, but you got to get on the recruiting trail. There is no... There is nothing more important right now for BYU as a football program than to hit the recruiting trail right now and hit it as absolutely hard as you can. Now, uh, the coaches will be fanning out across the country trying to uh, seal up and firm up uh, commitments, that type of stuff, with a number of recruits. And that's all they've really got to focus on right now. The BYU football players, they're in flux right now. Their whole focus now is on school and finishing up finals. As sad as it is to say, they're turning in their equipment and they're done. And that, that's disappointing. I, I get it's disappointing. But the whole focus now for BYU is the attention turns right to 2024. There is no more 2023 football season, as tough as that is to believe, uh, as we are not even out of the month of November. But that's where we stand right now. So uh, some that I'll just sum it up by saying that's kind of my Cliff Notes edition of what I want to see BYU improve. There are a number of other things that I'd like to see BYU, I guess, adjust, uh, I guess you want to call them improvements, whatever you want to do, that we can discuss at a, a, a later date, but uh, those are some of the baseline things I want to see happen right away. Invest in this football program. Give Kalani Satake the, the cash, the money to be able to do what he needs to do with his staff, especially in the recruiting sphere. Student assistants are great, and they can learn the trade, but you need to have multiple full-time staffers who can be that tip of the spear in terms of contacting these kids on a regular basis and making them feel the love. It's all about relationships and 
recruiting. That's what it is. You got to make kids feel like you're they are wanted. BYU, I, I know it's a special place, and a lot of guys like what BYU stands for. You still got to love the kids up. Number two thing, you got to invest in NIL as, as the fan base. You got to be able to help uh, the recruiting side of things by in, investing in that element of it. Absolutely. It's got to be done. Like I said, not all of us have the means to do so. And I know a number of you have uh, maybe some means. Uh, I think Coog Connect, if I'm not mistaken, their baseline is 10 bucks a month. So it's 120 bucks a year. And that can have a direct impact on helping BYU attract and retain talent in the football program. So those are some really simple things it feels like that can be done. The hope is that BYU will get out of its own way because far too often this is a university that's got too many people that have too much say in matters of not their uh, expertise that seem to feel like they have to have uh, their say in things and meddle a little bit too much in circumstances that I think they have no business meddling in. But nonetheless, there's there's hope uh, that BYU will figure things out as they move forward here. Now, all right, uh, so... That's a lot to say, but let's talk about quarterbacks here in just a minute. BYU, obviously, will be going through each position group, giving you my summation of what I took away from each of these players, uh, each of the players in each position group, I should say, as we continue on throughout this week here on the podcast. Uh, I'm very interested uh, to get Connor Pay's thoughts on the offensive line. That'll kind of be like a a special inside look at the offensive line as a kind of a look back uh, in terms of that one, but we'll go through each of these position groups, and I'll give you my thoughts on it as we turn our attention uh, now to looking forward for BYU, but we'll talk quarterbacks next. Uh, it's a position group that had a lot of promise, I feel like, at the start of the season. Uh, in terms of what actually happened through 12 games, we'll talk about all that as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Now, a word on our friends over at Game Time real quick. Game Time's here for you guys if you guys want to go to any type of event out there. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And the best part is they can be done right up until a kickoff or the start of the event, even an hour afterwards with incredible deals. That's the best part about it. They're have the they are the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. They have all all-in prices, not having to show you one price, and all of a sudden they tack on a bunch of fees. They have an all-in price that shows your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees, and you can buy tickets in as little as two taps. As simple as that. Tap, tap, there you go. And the best part is the tickets live inside the app. You're not having to go through your email, dig through it to find a barcode to get into the venue of where you're going to. So get on today and enjoy your next event with our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app today, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off your next purchase, my friends. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at UCCU. Now, UCCU's got the uh, got their award-winning B-Money Smart Youth Banking Program, which features the new Learn and Earn app inside of their mobile banking app. What is Learn and Earn is breaking down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games and trivia, teaching you these lessons. And the best part is they're available to every member of the family. You can make it as simple as you want to. And each time a family member completes a topic, they accrue points that can be redeemed for gift cards to a number of outlets, including Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and a bevy of other retailers out there. The best part is also that all of you can do this. Kids, adults, grandparents, whoever you got inside the house can have some fun with it. It's all available inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you can play it anytime, anywhere. And of course, the more you play, the more you learn, the more you learn, the more you earn. Simple as that. It's all available now for your friends at Utah Community Credit Union and that Be Money Smart Youth Banking program helping kids kids, teens, and and adults uh, 
have, enjoy each other uh, time together while also becoming more financially literate together as well. That's all courtesy of your friends over at UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic Monday. All right, so BYU basketball has got a full week off here after a big win. Uh, actually, back-to-back big wins over uh, both NC State as well. Uh, and down there in Las Vegas, and they've got a big game this Friday up at the Delta Center. It's their annual uh, foray into Salt Lake City to play at Delta Center. They'll be taking on the Fresno State Bulldogs. I do have a pair of tickets. If you would like to go to this game, how are we going to give them away? We'll announce it on Thursday, probably we'll get uh, with the winner. If you want to enter to win, uh, we've seen our uh, subscriptions fall off a little bit, both on YouTube as well as the overall subscribership uh, on the podcast feeds as a whole. Uh, So if you have not subscribed to the show, whether you're following it here on YouTube, if you're watching this uh, in the video format if you're listening to it on, on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts just send us an email lockedonbyu at gmail.com show that you have subscribed to the show and you're entered to win simple as that we'll give away a pair of tickets uh, to the game you'll be able to go up to the Delta Center uh, enjoy a night out the light should be on over at least the little corner of uh, Temple Square that seems to be open right now light should be on there you should be able to enjoy the downtown ambiance of Salt Lake City as well while enjoy, and also enjoying BYU basketball uh, taking on Fresno State there so uh, if you want to be entered to win once again just show us send us a screenshot of you being subscribed wherever you listen and or consume this podcast and simple as that you'll be entered to win and we like i said we'll get uh, with the winner uh later this week all right so Let's talk BYU quarterbacks for a moment here. Now, uh, each position group we will go through here, we'll talk about uh, the highs, the lows, and then we'll essentially kind of assign a letter grade uh, to each position group for the 2023 season for BYU. Now, with regards to the quarterback position, it was one that had a whole lot of promise. Any of you who uh, watched or uh, had uh, talked about the quarterback position for BYU in the lead-up to the season thought, okay, this is, a, this is a chance for a guy like Keaton Slovis to have a redemption year, really show that what he was at Pitt uh, was uh, kind of an anomaly. He's more of what he was at USC. I think we all uh, were talking about that. I was talking about it. I know on this podcast I was talking about it. I was talking about how I thought that he was going to bounce back and really show what he was capable of. The coaching staff at BYU was very high on what he was capable of doing. Well, the stats indicate that as Keaton Slovis ended up uh, having a 57.5 completion percentage, averaging 6.5 yards per attempt for 1,716 yards, 12 touchdowns against six interceptions. Uh, frankly, those are pedestrian numbers. Now, like I said, he did not play the final third of the season because he obviously got injured against Texas, had an elbow injury that uh, he could barely grip a football. Uh, I, I feel like that injury was far more serious than the coaches wanted to let on and lead up to that to some of these games late in the season against both Oklahoma as well as Oklahoma State. I believe that if they needed him to play, he could go in there, but he'd be severely limited. I don't think that injury was anywhere near 100%. That's my personal opinion on the matter. I just don't think that he had the same uh, zip on, his, on the football. Football. Now, Jake Retzloff came on in relief and ended up completing 50.4% of his passes for 648 yards, three touchdowns against three interceptions. Yet again, uh, even uh, more pedestrian, if not downright uh, worse numbers than Keaton Slovis. And that was across four starts for Jake Retzloff. So not even averaging uh, 200 yards per game in his four starts for BYU. Now, Jake Retzloff did offer more of a rushing element. He ended up running for 116 yards. Crazily enough, he was the third leading rusher on the season for BYU. BYU, despite playing just four games, also had uh, three touchdowns, which tied for second on the team uh, along uh, with, it was Keelan Marion, uh, and as well as, I think uh, Keaton Slovis had three rushing touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Keaton Slovis had uh, minus 41 yards on the season, but did have the three rushing touchdowns. Uh, LJ Martin leading the way for BYU with four uh, rushing touchdowns on the season. The, the quarterback position as a whole, 
disappointing. There's no doubt about it. It really was a big part of why BYU struggled as much as they did this year. You needed a transcendent performance from a, a guy like Keaton Slovis to really overcome uh, what BYU was dealing with. Now, quarterbacks don't exist completely in a, in a vacuum on their own. They need players around them to give them opportunities to make plays. Now, the wide receiving core had issues with injuries. The running backs had issues with injuries. Offensive line play was woefully inadequate for most of the season until kind of the final few weeks of the of the year, and that's disappointing. But the quarterback play left a lot to be desired. Like I said, Keaton Slovis, I, I think he came in with a lot of a hope, a lot of pizzazz, a lot of hype about him, but just did, ultimately did not deliver on that. Jake Retzloff, I still, and let me just say this. I still think there are tools there for Jake Retzloff to hone his craft as a quarterback, but man, does he need a lot of work. Do I think he's going to be QB1 at this juncture going into next season? I don't think so, but he has the opportunity to prove it. Now, ultimately, in this day and age, could he decide to transfer out of the program and find another program to call home? Sure, that absolutely uh, could uh, be something he decides to do. But I just think he is as bought into BYU as BYU was bought into him, and I think he'll be sticking around. The other quarterbacks on this roster include Cade Fennigan, who was the backup for the first eight games of the year simply due to the fact you didn't want to burn Jake Retzloff's uh, red shirt because Cade Fennigan already has burned his as a transfer uh, previously in his career. Cade Fennigan, it feels like if he wants to stick around BYU, he'll forever be a depth piece for BYU. I just don't see him uh, progressing and and trying to make a push for any significant amount of playing time at BYU. It's a similar circumstance, I feel like, for Nick Billups. Now, Nick Billups is a guy that came to BYU as a transfer in his own right. He is still crazily, both of these, both Cade Fennigan and uh, Nick Billups, are both sophomores still. That's kind of an indication of how uh, the COVID year has slowed some things down. Both of these guys have graduated high school, it feels like, an eon ago. They're still only uh, redshirt sophomores. Now, uh, will that uh, change? Could one or two of those guys, maybe both of them, decide to leave the program? Yeah, I could see that happening because I fully expect BYU to hit the transfer portal to bring in at least one, maybe two guys. Uh, Cole Hagen, okay, he's a walk-on with BYU. Uh, his older, his younger brother. Uh, is coming to BYU as a wide receiver. I don't see Cole necessarily leaving BYU, and it's a low risk uh, to leave him on the roster there. And then Ryder Burton, in many respects, the coaching staff is very high on his potential down the road, but is he is he going to be able to achieve that potential this offseason and make a push for playing time as soon as 2024? I don't think so. I think the whole idea for BYU with this quarterback position, I talked about this, was to have Keaton Slovis be the guy this year, get Jake Retzloff some game action, let him be the guy next year and the year after if it really was as good as they hoped it would be. And then at that point, maybe Ryder Burton ascends to being the starting quarterback for BYU. It kind of set up a nice succession plan in terms of the quarterback uh, position for BYU. None of that went to plan this year. Uh, Keaton Slovis was was not good enough to be uh, the guy it felt like. And then the injury obviously knocked him out. Jake Retzloff, his four games, that's a pretty good set. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? It's a pretty good... Uh, I'm trying to, uh, man, I, I just lost the, it's a good uh, amount of games, or it's a lot of game film to be able to evaluate his skill set, and it's just, it's not, it's not adequate right now from him. Like I said, I do see tools from Retzloff and why BYU believed he's capable of coming in and being the guy. This is a guy, might I remind you, who passed for 4,500 yards his uh, second year at the JUCO rank, so he can, he can sling the rock, but uh, at this level of football, 
Is, is he going to be able to process enough? Is he going to be able to overcome the turnover woes that really kind of been a hallmark of his four games uh, for BYU as their quarterback? Can he overcome all that? We'll find out. And then, like I said, the future, it feels like, in many ways, is Ryder Burton right now. The other the other quarterbacks on this roster, just simply put, aren't it. And I think that BYU will absolutely be hitting the transfer portal to bring in a body. You also have Noah Lugo, who will be joining the program uh, via uh, his commitment uh, out of the high school ranks down in Texas. Uh, it'd be hard-pressed, I think, to have a guy come in as a true freshman, even playing at the at a high level in Texas, to be the starter in 2024. But nothing is out of the question right now. My personal opinion on the matter is that BYU does not have their starting quarterback game one next year against Southern Illinois on the roster right now. Could Retzloff ultimately end up taking that job, maybe via spring ball and what he does in training camp? Yes, he could. But just the, the four games of evidence here indicate that he is not that guy right now. For BYU, So I would be hard-pressed to say that anybody uh, has a stranglehold on the starting position in 2024 for BYU, but they do have about nine months now to get it right. Hit their recruiting uh, uh, trail hard. Obviously, you can uh, uncover a gem or two in the transfer portal if you're Aaron Roderick, and you got to find a guy. you got to find a guy who can really help BYU elevate themselves because quarterback play is at a premium in college football, especially at the Power 5 level. Those who have a transcendent quarterback, well, typically, those are the better football programs in college football. BYU did not have that in 2023, and as a result, they're not going bowling for just the second time in 19 years. You don't want to miss a second time in a row, uh, honestly, if you're BYU. Can they find the right guy? Only time will tell. All right, we coming up next, we'll finish up today's show with some final thoughts, some other notes on other BYU sports in action from this uh, past weekend. Also, uh, BYU Women's Volleyball found out their fate in the NCAA tournament. We'll get to all that as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Now, a word on our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel has been working with us for a few months now. The best part about FanDuel is they want to have you guys have some fun with our friends in the NFL. As the weather gets colder, the NFL's offers stay hot on our, with our friends at FanDuel. Right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Simple as that, my friends. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wider range of betting options including spreads, player props, over, under, and more. And the best part is it doesn't have to just be the NFL. NBA, college basketball. We got to have some fun with BYU and men's basketball and their hot run to start the season. You can do that with our friends at FanDuel. So take advantage of all of it, my friends, and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and have some fun this NFL season with our friends at FanDuel. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get started today and get the 150 bucks in bonus bets with your first $5 winning money line bet. And it's all courtesy of your friends at FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to remind you guys that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every major league in America. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel now. It's right there. It's available for you guys. And like I said, it's available at all times. All right. 
A couple of notes before we go on today's show is congratulations to BYU women's basketball. Uh, just like the men's team, they are 6-0 to start their season. They got a big win over LMU on Saturday. Uh, Kaylee Wolston, once again, leading BYU with 18 points. They pulled away in the second half for a 74-58 win over LMU in the Marriott Center. Uh, they uh, BYU notched its first double-digit victory of the season in the process, but they're 6-0 just like the men's team. It's really cool to see this uh, with Amber Whiting and her program. Uh, they're back in action tomorrow. They actually are headed up to Laramie, Wyoming uh, to take on on uh, the Wyoming Cowgirls at the Arena Auditorium in, L- in Laramie, Wyoming. That'll tip off tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time with a live stream available on the Mountain West Network. You also can listen to Jason Shepard on the call on BYU Radio 107.9 FM or BYU Radio Online if you want to tune into that. Also, BYU Women's uh, Volleyball. They are a four-seed in the NCAA Tournament. Congratulations to them. They will host the first and second rounds of the NCAA Tournament inside the Smith Fieldhouse this Friday and Saturday night. Uh, their uh, first opponent is a well a known a commodity in Big Sky champion Weber State. BYU 24-6 and on the year, 13-5 and in the Big 12. Uh, they'll take on the Wildcats Friday at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. The other uh, two teams in this pod with BYU include number 5 seed Arizona State. Uh, they will take on Georgia Friday at 4.30 p.m. The winning teams obviously will advance to Saturday night where they will play at 7 p.m. for the chance to advance to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA women's uh, bracket. Uh, let me just say this about this. Uh, BYU has had a really, really good run of women's volleyball. I think this is their 36th birth into the NCAA tournament. But if BYU would have had a similar record as they had this year, where they like I said they're 24 and 6, 13 and 5 in conference, and they were still doing this in the West Coast Conference, do you think for a second BYU would be hosting the first and second rounds? No, they wouldn't be. They'd actually be traveling somewhere to play those first and second rounds. This is really cool. This is a mark of what it takes, uh, uh, what it gets you uh, to be a part of the Power Five in women's volleyball, and really cool to see BYU get that opportunity. They battled hard. They uh, competed uh, every week against some of the top notches. I think there's seven Big 12 programs in this NCAA. NCAA tournament. So BYU Women's Volleyball getting the job done. So congratulations to them. By the way, Friday is a packed schedule, folks. I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, but uh, Friday at 6.30, uh, you'll have number one seed uh, BYU taking on Stanford and carry North Carolina in the semifinals of the College Cup in women's soccer. Uh, that'll be on, I think, uh, ESPN+. Plus. Then at 7 o'clock, you got number four seed BYU Women's Volleyball taking on Weber State, like we just mentioned. And oh, by the way, also at 7 o'clock inside the Marriott Center, uh, not the Marriott Center, the Delta Center, uh, BYU Men's Basketball uh, taking on Fresno State. Uh, that's a pretty packed night of BYU sports. You're going to have to probably do multiple screens if you're going to be able to watch and consume all of it, but uh, that's the fun part about this. It's that time of year. The championships are here and that is that is the fun part for BYU sports. I know football is disappointed, but the other sports in the BYU uh, athletic department, they're doing their job and it's been really fun to watch them do their thing. I'm fully expecting BYU men's basketball to be ranked and we'll react to that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. Uh, if Connor's uh, pay schedule opens up, we may have him on the show tomorrow, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, he has promised that he will join us at least once more uh, to recap the season in its entirety and uh, I know that he'll have some very frank thoughts on what he takes away from uh, the season for BYU. So we'll have that later for you guys this week as well. So there you go. Uh, that's what I got for you guys on a Monday. So big thank you for all of your support of the podcast. If you guys have thoughts on the quarterback position, oh, by the way, I meant to mention this as well, the letter grade for the quarterbacks. I think the BYU in terms of the quarterback uh, play, I'd give it a solid C-, minus, maybe a D+. Plus. It just wasn't good enough. It, it, BYU needed to be B+, plus, A-, minus, A type territory uh, to really do what they were uh, feeling like they were capable of doing this year. It wasn't good enough, so uh, they need to get better. There's no doubt about that, and we'll see if they can uh, rally and obviously uh, find the right option or options uh, via recruiting or if uh, Jake Retzloff can take that step. 
but it's going to be an interesting nine months ahead as we lead up to the 2024 football season. But uh, we'll have plenty of coverage for you guys, as we always do right here on your daily podcast, the Locked On Cougars podcast. Once again, thank you uh, for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers as well. And until tomorrow, have a great rest of your Monday, my friends. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.